I invented this. I think, I don't know, maybe you can tell me because you're more of a, like a bar fly maybe than I am. <laughs> it's okay, Campari, gin, and Coca-Cola. That sounds good to me. Really I mean, good. I like all of those three ingredients. I've never had them together, but they sound good. Mm, it's It really hits the spot. I'm also just like vaping with my like shitty knockoff <laughs> elf bar. Like I used to be like vaping is so uncool. I'm just going to you know, if I smoke, it's going to be cigarettes. And now I'm like vaping. So. Well, is it is this a vape that you allegedly stole? No, that was a different one. And like the, after that, then I was like, oh, shit, I got addicted to vaping because I stole a vape. <laughs> <laughs> it's the devil's curse. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't know what's in like an elf bar. I don't really know. Is it? I don't really know either. And I kind of just don't want to know. I'm like, everything's giving me cancer anyway. It's fine I'm just gonna have fun but when I was in high school so I I feel like I had like an oral fixation like <laughs> not to be all Freudian about it but I used to like I was like anorexic and I used to just chew gum all day every day instead of eating I would chew like two packs of gum a day it was bad I was like addicted to gum but obviously that's not like a physical addiction it's just purely psychological and I you know stopped doing that in college and then, like, the whole time, like, after college for, like, 10 years, I didn't, like, chew gum or smoke or anything. Like, I would occasionally smoke when I was drinking if people, like, gave me cigarettes. Sure, sure, but sure. over the past, like, six to nine months, I, like, started smoking and now vaping. And I'm not addicted. Like, I really don't think I'm addicted. I can go a full day without doing it, and I don't have any physical symptoms. But I feel like I've, like, reactivated my oral fixation, where now I'm just, like, I need to have something in my mouth. <laughs> Well, maybe it's hanging out with those right-wing boys. Wait, um, is it, like, how many cigarettes a day do you smoke? Oh, it super varies. Like, if I'm drinking and I'm with people who are smoking, I'll chain smoke. But if I'm not, then, like, I could have zero or a couple. Like, it it really varies. Like, I, I don't need to smoke cigarettes every day. Because, like, five or less, I was always told. I learned this in drugs class at UC Santa Cruz. We had, literally had to try a drug and write a paper about it. That was, like, in my drugs class. Like, I'm not even making this up. It was literally Communist Academy. Uh, yeah, my Communist Daycare Center, basically. This was your MK Ultra. <laughs> I was, oh, my God, I mean, try so hard. I guess they probably did a little bit. But I learned that you only have to smoke five, you have to smoke five or more cigarettes a day to be addicted to nicotine. So anything less than that is considered not nicotine addiction. And I used to smoke, like, less than five. I was like a sympathetic smoker, I guess they used to call it. And then like Margot Tenenbaum, that whole that whole story arc in Tenenbaum's where she was a secret smoker inspired a very wild like secret like smoker streak inside. Oh my god, no, same. Like I feel like I've posted that before, like a screen tap of Margot Tenenbaum smoking and being like when you meme yourself into smoking because she looks so good doing it. And like, yeah, no, I'm the same. Like I definitely can smoke more than five a day, like given the circumstances, but I don't need to and yeah I don't know I feel like some people are just like more immune to nicotine addiction than others but it's also interesting because like you know the way that public health has like positioned smoking and this ties into COVID too like how early on they found out that nicotine cigarettes or I guess other forms of nicotine you know make you less susceptible to severe COVID but they didn't want to say that and they suppressed that because they they were like, oh, well, for public health reasons, we don't want people to start smoking. And it's the same thing, I think, why they're not open about like if you're just a casual smoker or a light smoker, 
Like they conflate the whole thing. Like it's all or nothing because they're so afraid that if they're like, oh, well, actually only a few cigarettes a day doesn't have really bad long-term health implications, then it's going to lead people to being serious smokers, a pack a day, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it's like so patronizing and dishonest. (laughs) It's like, let people do what they want. (laughs) You know how like Jacinda over in uh, New Zealand, they have their whole program where they're like phasing out smoking, like gradually every year, like the age limit will go. So it's like not a thing. It's so sinister it's like the worst nudge of all time it's so gross I right and it. it's like it starts with cigarettes but that's not where it stops like if that gets like kind of, of accepted as like a normal nudge that governments can do then they're going to do it to other things they're going to do it to meat they're going to do it to alcohol like they're going to do it to everything so it's like we should not be owning allowing things. that <laughs> owning basic things will be illegal you know i don't know speaking of smoking though do you know what's really cool one thing i've gotten to do that many people maybe can't say they have done it when I went to the movies at the cinemas as a movie theater worker, we used to do like our late night screenings and we would smoke inside the theater. And so we got to smoke like cigarettes. It's like, it's very cinema. You're smoking and the like smoke goes up into the beam and you like see the smoke in the beam. And then like, you're, you're part of it. You know what I mean? You're part of the process of cinema all of a sudden. And then like, you're right. Movies make smoking cool. Like you always want a cigarette after like a really cool, like French film. Or oh, something. hell yeah. Yeah. Like, I There's- feel like I started doing it for like aesthetic reasons. And I feel like I still mm-hmm. do to an extent. Yeah, I don't actually like cigarettes that much. Yeah. Like, they're better tasting. Like, they don't make me feel great. I like men. No, I I feel sick (laughs) when I smoke. And I, like, that's a good thing, probably. Like, I'm not actually, unless I'm, like, drunk or, like, on Adderall (laughs) or something, I'm not going to just sit there all day chain smoking. Like, I'll smoke a cigarette and have to, like, lie down after, but. (laughs) (laughs) Get your vapors. (laughs) Wait, that is so weird, though. There was something about menthols I did kind of like, and that's another one that they kind of like. It's not, I don't think you can buy them. Are they illegal everywhere? I think they're illegal in California. You can not buy like... They're not illegal everywhere yet, but that's the end game. That's what they're trying. You can own... Yeah, you can get your uh, like free vaccines and you know, teach your student to become like a cross-dresser, but heaven forbid you smoke a fucking menthol cigarette. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I hate it. Oh One menthol cigarette is the slippery slope. I should pause for a second because we are like in uh, party line mode here. I feel like we're in slumber party, like, or like, yeah, party line mode right now with my guests this evening. But like, we're podcasting. We have to, we should probably keep that in mind. In fact, it's a good idea to remember that you're uh, recording for posterity (laughs) when you're speaking on the line with a good friend and a dear, a dear poster a, a saint i don't know like i, I, I don't know I, I feel like i go a little to be honest cassandra i think i go a little overboard introducing my guests it's been pointing out to me and i'm like okay i think it's kind of nice to be super enthusiastic but i do want people to understand that that is like part of the fanfare it's part of, of the excitement i'm happy to have these guests here and so you know that is that's what they're coming here for in a sense really is this which i'm about to do which is to say that i am blessed this evening with a goddess oh a woman carved from the heavens onto not quite the earth, perhaps, but onto the intermediary space between the interwebs that like dwell in between the heavens and the earth. A poster, a poetess, a meme goddess, I would say, a meme like mad scientist, someone who's been a dear friend of this podcast and of mine, someone who's like my daughter now, you guys. It's really confusing. Someone said, I don't have children. <laughs> I, I beg to differ. I've adopted this mm-hmm. beautiful young lady who I have this evening, the talented, the one and only truth enjoyer, Cassandra. Welcome back to Here Comes the Backlash. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I know. We've been trying to do this third episode for months. So mm-hmm. it's an honor to be back. I This was like 
my second podcast, I think. I think I was on Thoughts and Prayers like right before I went on Backlash the first time. But yeah, I remember like your first letter inviting me on the podcast (laughs) and it was like so special. And this podcast means so much to me, as do you as my father and poster brethren and all of the above so mm-hmm. thank you spiritual <laughs> dad your spiritual dad uh it's yeah it's been a long time you've been, you've had a whole ass life since you were here last to be honest and we won't go into like a lot of your personal details but you've been fairly public i think with like your move you, you've switched states up a bit it's really good to like touch down you're right we have had like a series of interruptions but you know it happens when it's supposed to happen so you are you're back finally i think this is your third time but it feels like so weird we've talked so much we just don't record it people are missing out they're missing out on all the other unreleased conversations <laughs> for better or for worse perhaps <laughs> uh, no i'm now i'm really skitting out i don't know what's happening to me i'm short-circuiting you can uh, skits out like that's that's what i'm here for true. you know what happens because we have so many topics i could talk to you about it's like it does so when the audience is here your remote viewers are in the audience with us presently like i learned this from actually tucker marks taught me this actually was that like the audience is here so it's like they're they're probably not even really missing out that much i think on our private conversations because in a way they're probably there for those as well if they really dig deep down enough they could probably glean those conversations i think in a weird way you know but i don't know i've been thinking a lot about i guess just yeah this disembodiment i guess a little bit of time and space but like in a positive way maybe what's going on in your world what are you picking up that's different in like the vibe in your new homeland that you've touched down on that's like different from previous worlds you're well lived what's the vibe It's really interesting because this is something I was thinking about recently and it's hard to know exactly what the vibe is here because I I only got here about a month ago. It's been super hot here. I don't have a car. It's hard for me to get around and I've just been like settling into my apartment and trying to settle into routines. So I feel like I'm not fully established here yet. So it's hard to fully assess the vibe. But I think I posted about this a couple of weeks ago that like every place that you live and I've lived in a lot of places has a very distinct like spiritual energy and Mm. it's hard to put it into words. Like Mm. sometimes I'll wake up and like I lived in the UK for almost a decade and obviously the UK has such a distinct spiritual vibe compared to the US. Like there's just more history. The buildings are older beyond that it's just like this kind of unspoken thing that's really hard to put your finger on but like i'll wake up some days and it's not that i'm missing anything specific about london or the uk or like even a specific person or anything but i'll just wake up feeling this intense feeling of nostalgia for that specific feeling that it confers and I don't know how to put it into words and I'm supposed to be a writer and like I want to find a way to put it into words but it's like there's just a certain feeling like when I think about the UK it gives me this like feeling like in my chest and there's a different feeling that I have for like New England and a different feeling that I have for Florida and I I really want to find a way to put that into words but I think most people who have lived in multiple places can relate to or empathize Sure, with sure. that yeah but like traffic. because yeah. there's definitely a thing when you spend time there uh considerably you start to really it seeps in right yeah and i don't know there's that whole cringe like normie meme saying about like you know if you have lived in different places then you leave a part of yourself or a part of your heart yeah. in each place and then you'll never be full or complete again and i don't know that i necessarily agree with that but i agree with it to an extent that I was someone different in every place that I've lived, even though it's still me and that all like adds up to part of me. 
like I still will look back on who I was during that time. And it just has this very distinct feeling, but it's very hard to verbalize. (laughs) Well, you, you're changed by it, but you also changed its vibe. You were there too. It's an exchange. So you maybe are changed a little bit, but it's, I don't feel like it's a loss in a sense. Cause you, you put a little something back and it put a little something in you. That's kind of how I view it, I guess. Yeah. And everything happens for a reason. Like you got to trust the plan or what, what was it? Enhance the trance. Enhance the trance. (laughs) It's like, I have to start branding it because it's a really good slogan, but I don't want to say it ever. Like I don't, it's not really associated with me or this program yet, but we're about to enhance the trance a big time in 2024, especially where it's a big year for enhancing trancing, you know, so we'll get uh, <laughs> Vibe shift, orange vibe shift, and orange the vibe shift. Like happened. we need to educate the people. It's happened. Yeah. There's going to be slowly awakening to the orange vibe shift. I've been inside of it since I would say July 1st is when I first fully became aware of like a full on like, whoa. Things I think so changed. too. That's when I got my orange manicure and that was that was the time that's right oh, <laughs> wait oh yeah england the re- vibe there is probably weird because like druids live there for like a long time it's a mystical place every place is mystical every place has like an ancient forgotten like, tribe or like land or a civilization that dwelled on it that we don't know about but i feel like yeah the changes are different all the places that i've lived in have a very distinct vibe but i will say and maybe this is just because i lived there for so long so maybe this is just my own personal bias but i do feel like the spiritual vibe is stronger in England than it is in the US that I've experienced. And that could be why, because it's just like more ancient, you know, or at least in that way. Like it's not that there were never people in the US, but it was, there was more civilization there for much longer. So it's true. I was gonna give you my advice on uh, like writing was that maybe it's not meant to write about in words, but maybe, well, my advice to you is to put it in your heart. Cause I actually think that those feelings that we have of like nostalgia or just like good things are like very potent and you should just like, feel them like just feel them like stay with it for a bit and then let that tell you like what you need to say maybe it's not about that place at all it's very good for for your heart which it's weird i'm learning about the heart i feel this buckington man i'm like i didn't have a heart and then i like when i met the cassandra dorothy i was like let's go on this (laughs) yellow brick road and then go find my heart this year and it is like a real it's like a quantum field like there's like a whole ass dimension i I think now out of my chest, like I don't think in my brain, like head anymore. Well, there's two, you can think both places, but I've been trying to practice thinking from my chest. And- yes, yeah, you gave me that advice and I've been trying to do it too. And it, it hasn't led me wrong so far. So. It's a good one, it's a good one. There are two heads, I guess, or two minds in a weird way. Have you been meditating? That's another advice I gave you was to meditate. I, I feel like you haven't been though. <laughs> no, I mean, I used to do yoga, which like has like some element of meditation, but I'm bad at it. Like I will literally be in the middle of yoga class, like making my shopping list in my head or counting calories or thinking of new tweets or whatever. Yeah. So I'm not good at it and I need to get better at it. I know that I need to because I hold so much tension in my body and I know it's because I'm super neurotic. I'm a Virgo moon if we want to make it astrological. And, you know, I'm just like constantly overthinking things in the background. And I try to override that, but I think that subconsciously I'm still doing it. So I do need to practice meditation, but I have not been. (laughs) I feel you on that because I also have a strong Virgo Virgo placement, as we've discussed. And I think maybe don't go for like, go for all or nothing. Like just slowing things down is good. You can kind of work your way up. And I'm not some guru. I do like 10 minutes a day. It's not like, it's not some miracle feat, but it is like good. The video I listened to, she's this like funny Indian lady. I love listening to her. She's a really great lecturer. But she'll like, she says this thing and she's like, you you slow your down, my down for just one minute. And it's 
shouldn't probably do her voice, but I <laughs> she was like, and she's, she does the cutest thing. And she's just like, well, it's only just really a few seconds, isn't it? And like her, her is her in it, you know, like British people do like in it. Hers is yeah, like, yeah. isn't it? But she does it like in the manner of in it. And it's so cute. I fucking love it. And she's honestly like changed my entire mind on Indian people, to be honest. I shouldn't <laughs> say that. You know, she's like, I've learned a lot about like, I, I don't know. We shouldn't talk about Indian people, I guess. I was gonna be like, what? Well, I actually went to India once. I don't know if we've ever talked about that. I did not know that. Well, tell me about your trip to India. I'm I went, job. I went I, to India in 2016. Um, and it was actually the day that Trump was elected. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so annoying because every <laughs> Indian person that I met was just asking me about Trump 24-7 because they were like, you're American, like how do you feel about donald trump but so many people loved trump there it was so funny i had all these like indian cab drivers who were like oh he's so good at business and this and that and this was in 2016 so i was never a full-blown like establishment lib like i always had like doubts about certain things there were certain things that i was red-pilled on by that point let's just put it on screen (laughs) you're not a big fan (laughs) <laughs> I, I was a rad fan like before that, yeah. Um, this is the reason why you lived in England, for you went to Turf Island. You, you... I, I lived in Turf Island. <laughs> um, well, it was funny. Like, I've talked about this on other pods, and I don't want to go down a road on that. But just to say, like, I, um, I did a master's there in 2013, 2014. And at the beginning, it was like totally normal to be a a radical feminist, like even in the feminist studies classes that Mm. I had taken, like that was normalized, like being a liberal feminist was seen as like putting glitter on the patriarchy, like it's not getting to the root of anything and so on and so forth, like even if you're looking at it from a feminist framework. But then it was so funny because 2013, 2014, like was such an inflection moment with like woke culture and identity politics and stuff. And I noticed it even just in that year and a half, like it was like at the beginning, it was totally normal to be a rad feminine. I think the term turf like hit the mainstream during that time. And by the end of my program, it was like you're a persona non grata if you associated at all with any of that, even if none of your arguments had to do with trans stuff. Because back then, like feminism and radical feminism, like trans stuff was not at the forefront. That was kind of a background thing. Like you might have a critique of gender gender being a social construct so on and so forth but like trans stuff was kind of like secondary to that and then it just became like that was the only thing that you could talk about and if you're a radical feminist that means that you're a turf you're excluding trans people and so on and like that wasn't what i was doing at first like i had a lot of empathy for people who felt like they didn't fit into whatever social construct was forced Mm -hmm. on them and whatever Mm -hmm. but then it just became so polarized but anyway all of that to say that wasn't really the point but yeah that was my first red pill was like seeing that happen in live time like while being in a program with a lot of feminists and stuff and i had other red pills and i had a lot of skepticism about mainstream media um but i wasn't like fully fully red pilled or down any rabbit hole so like when trump first got elected I didn't like vote and I didn't vote for Hillary or anything, but I, I wasn't like a fan of him. And I was just kind of like, Oh yeah, he's like not presidential. Like, I feel like I still had that kind of lib framework of Remember by the pussy yeah. <laughs> like, propaganda. It happened. It's, but it was like that whole moment was so wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's like where I was at at the time. And so all of these people were asking me about Trump and I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm on vacation. I don't want to think about politics for right real. now, you know? Um, <laughs> But that's when I was in India and I was in Goa. Oh, um, I the trance music from there. It's really famous. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like go to any raves or anything while I was there. Like I mostly went to like more chill, like beaches, but like there are really famous beaches where they have beach raves and stuff. And, um, have you ever seen the beach or like read the book, the beach? I've read the book. I haven't seen the movie. The movie sucks. Actually, the book is actually pretty good. Now that I think about it, the uh, movie was not. I actually like, so I read the book like back then, like in 2016, Mm-hmm. And I actually, like, at the time, I haven't reread it, so maybe my opinion would change now because I've changed. Mm-hmm. But I, like, didn't like it, and I don't like Alex Garland in general. Like, I didn't like Ex Machina. Um, I just, like, I don't know. I just don't like him. He gives me bad vibes. But I don't have any, like, real reason for that, so I probably should reread it. But no, you have a good intuition. He's, he's probably, let's just put it out there, he's probably a sex pest. Yeah, I don't know. I just like I, I didn't like it. it. I like the book actually. Like I, I like the, the story. Was it based on his real experiences? I can't remember. Or was it just it totally probably was. It was? I don't know. Crazy. I mean, it obviously, was, it was like a sort of Lord of the Flies type thing, but like totally, totally. a lot of it was based in reality. So yeah, yeah it probably it. was based on like my ex boyfriend at the time, who I used to live with, who I went to India with, wow. was a huge fan of Alex Garland of that book, and he loved India, and he had been to India multiple times with his family because a lot of British people go to India just because you know former British colony and stuff. Have, like, yeah, they have like, a cabin there, probably. I imagine <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, but like he had been there. Like his mom loved India. Um, and so that's why I went, like, it would, it would have never been a place that crossed my mind to go like as an American, but like in England, it was like much more normalized. But anyway, I had a great time. It was beautiful. My mom was like shocked. Like when, when she was like, you're going to India. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know. know. Did you visit any, like, yeah, well, I guess a lot of people associate it with like spiritual pilgrimages probably. Oh, I was going to say this. So Tilda Swinton is so good in the beach. She plays like the psycho cult leader of the beach, like the Daffy or whatever the, like the woman cult leader is. I kind of want to see it again now. Cause like it was, I hated it in theaters as I think about it. But like, I bet it holds up. It's the director. What's his Danny Boyle? It's the director of Train Spotting. It might have been like one of his first movies after Train Spotting, and it was a huge letdown. People hated it. But like, now I kind of want to see it again. Anyway. I kind of want to see it again. Maybe our next pod, it can be like actually discussing the beach after we've re. we should do that for like to be more backlash we should like join like a beach cult probably i feel like for a period (laughs) and just like report back on our experiences uh like after yeah having like a cannibal fully cannibal or like whatever well that was well i don't want to spoil that book so we won't get into it um but well did you see like i don't know what was it like in india i guess in general what's the vibe there well it's interesting because like i also lived in the uk for a long time like i said where there's a ton of indian people there because it was the former british colony so you know a lot of indians immigrate to the uk so a lot of my friends in the uk especially in college were like british indians who like you know like had british accents were like british but like of indian descent the best time honestly i love a british indian oh my god i knew so many like like roadmen, you know, like the guys who would like talk in that kind of chavvy way. Like, like I'm from London. Thing. Sorry, they're high caste, you know? And I feel like everyone in America is like, we get the shit Indians. I'm telling you, we get the like lowest class ones. I'm pretty sure of it. They come here to take the jobs because they like, otherwise they just stay in India. What the fuck? What do you think they're here for? They would just stay at their mansion in India because they're high caste or go to England and work in finance or whatever. And so it's, I think everyone has this like stereotype of kind of like with Mexicans, like any immigrant culture, really, we always associate that like class with like high if they're like troglodytes and they don't want that they said <laughs> and we have to have a responsibility of fixing up and beautifying which is what makes this country actually quite great i would say but anyway did you is that true like do you feel like the british ones are better <laughs> 
I mean, I, 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 yeah, I had a lot of like Indian friends there. It was so funny to me because when I was like fresh off the boat from America, when I came there the first time in 2012, like a lot of the first people that I met spoke in that very London roadman accent, like, yeah. you know, like whatever. And I was like, is this like some weird Indian thing? But then I was like, no, it's actually just a London thing. But it was just the first people that I met were Indian and they spoke that way. Um, so, yeah, most of the Indians that I met in the UK were like that. I mean, I, I was friends with a few who were like international students who are actually from India, too. Um, but in India, like when I actually went there, um, it was like it's kind of a touristy area and it's where, where, very like yeah, I guess where, where so you, uh, like Patnam Beach, Palolam Beach, and that kind of go go well, in like coast, there. like the Indian Ocean, um, and it, it's beautiful there. But it's kind of remote, and so like you know, like no one there is working like tech jobs. You know, like these are like the Indian people who are just kind of working like in the service industry or working uh, like at their little stand, like selling things and bartering and so on. And it was really difficult because when I was there, um, it was when they had their cash crisis, which like, I feel like that's a whole rabbit hole to go down. And I'm not super informed on it because it's been a while since I've thought about it. But basically in 2016, and I'm going to butcher this because like I said, I'm not super familiar, but basically like the government, I think was like corrupt and they claimed, well, they wanted to transition people to being more digital, but a lot of people in India don't have access to Wi-Fi or the internet or like debit cards or like a bank in walking distance. So they're very cash first. Mm -hmm. And this informed a lot of like later, like that experience of being there during this time, and I'll explain it, but like of kind of my thoughts on, you know, governments and the establishment like trying to get rid of cash it's interesting but, that they had something go everyone had something in 2016 yeah brexit trump uh cash cash crisis there's all these like weird little like uh fires yeah it was super weird and like so it was like the excuse that the government gave and again like sorry if i'm butchering this y'all should look it up and find the true story or whatever but like this is probably gonna be better but yeah like basic because i wasn't paying a ton of attention like i was just on vacation but like we got there and all of a sudden there was this cash crisis where the government said that all of the bills that were in circulation were no longer valid. You had to exchange them and get these new bills. And they claimed that it was because of some sort of corruption and money laundering thing. But like they were trying to slander like the opposition government and so on. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, every day that we were there, like all of a sudden, all the money that we had was invalid. And there weren't that many ATMs or banks around. And so every single day, we and everyone else who was there had to line up outside the ATM and probably only like 10 people would actually be able to withdraw money and then it would run out. That's and then you'd, you'd wait there and for hours you'd wait there in line. And then finally, uh, like a very official kind of like truck, like a very securely guarded truck, would come up and like reload the ATM with cash. And then only a few people could get cash again. So there were multiple days that we just couldn't get money out. And we, you know, most places there don't accept debit cards. You know, like there's all these like stalls on the street, all the taxis, like all of that only accepted cash. But because all of this cash wasn't like allowed anymore, like it was this very convoluted thing. So I didn't get to do a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do in India because of that. (laughs) And on the last day that I was there, um, we, we were trying to get to this other beach town that was near the airport and we 
were desperately trying to find a, a cab driver that accepted card because some of them did, but most of them didn't. We didn't have cash and we were trying to get cash and we couldn't get it. And um, so we finally, you know, this guy said that he would accept card, but he was just like your typical scammer. And so he said, he said he accepted it. He drove us there. It was like an hour and a half drive and we get to the hotel and he's about to drop us at the hotel and we try to pay him and he's being all weird about it because he couldn't actually accept card. And then he goes up to the, the desk, which was these two other Indian ladies and they start speaking in like their language. So we don't know what they're saying. And then like the lady was like, Oh, can we see your passport? And they seized our passports. Oh my God. And we had to fly out like the next morning. So we were like, what the fuck? And they basically said that they wouldn't give our passports back until we like, give like he made a deal with them basically and then it was like we had to pay them back that's so crazy but can they just add to your bill then like just is there no like spend item for extortion at the indian hotel (laughs) the resort like just add it to the bill it was so crazy they were literally like oh my god we're gonna miss our flight like they're not gonna give our passports back and so we had to spend our entire last day in india walking around for miles until finally we found one atm that we could get cash out at and like we managed to get cash out and then we slept on like this it was like this shitty fucking hotel like it was like a twin bed cot that was like a rock and we got out of there and it was fine but it was a very weird time to be in india (laughs) awful i'm sorry that sucks that i would never go back oh my god i'm never going either by the way fuck india i don't ever want to go i want to go to Kathmandu though like Kathmandu sounds so cool like i I don't know i feel like i think i could get i don't know i studied the royal family there i think i could get in with them they seem (laughs) like they're a pool house pillable and so like yeah you can start your cult in Kathmandu (laughs) i even doesn't need a cult just like maybe on the payroll maybe i could be like a farah i could be like a foreign registered agent for Kathmandu here in the west you know and just be on my (laughs) podcast like popularly you know promoting you know tourism and affairs and and seating it in seating it in (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i feel like there was like a i don't know yeah i want to take a night train to Kathmandu. so i guess it wasn't really a spiritual experience it was you were like basically raped by the country i'm sorry to say like that you were like i mean the financial rape is rape i'm sorry but that was yeah and like i it was and i wanted to do some like you know hippy dippy shit when i was there because it's known for that and so like i was wanting to like you know do yoga on the beach and like all of this um and they had like all these cool like there was other foreigners there at the time there was a lot of other americans there were a lot of russians and a lot of israelis interestingly there and everyone was kind of there for like yoga retreats and like that kind of thing but yeah like we couldn't afford to do any of that because we didn't have cash that sucks i'm sorry i don't know like it was fine though like i swam in the indian ocean it was beautiful i chilled on the beach i drank a lot of like real like what we know as mexican coke but they have that in india too um Coca-Cola. Yeah. I, I didn't do any drugs. And I also <laughs> didn't really drink when I was there, which is interesting. Cause like, you know, when I was in London, like they have like pub culture, like I would go out a lot and stuff. Um, but yeah, my time in India, like I barely drank. I didn't do any drugs. Like I just kind of like chilled on the beach. It was nice.
Yeah. I guess if you didn't take up meditation in, in India, you probably never will, unfortunately. <laughs> so I guess if you really pursue something, like I know coloring books or something, maybe it would be helpful. <laughs> Wait, how many oceans have you swam in? Like of this, the great seas? Like, have you swam in like, is that a weird question? I'm kind of curious. How many are there? Like, is there seven? I feel like they like make up new things all the time. Seven seas, but I don't think there are seven oceans. I think okay. there are only four oceans, right? Like I have no idea. I think okay. I think the only oceans, and I could be wrong, are the Atlantic, the Pacific, the Arctic, and the Indian. Okay, so that's like not that many, actually. Wait. So I've swam in three out of four. I haven't swam in the Arctic. Number <laughs> one. Oh well, I, I've only said I've only swam in two. So like that's pretty. And I've only really recently swam in the Atlantic. I'm not like I wasn't familiar with like Atlantic beach culture until very recently. I I had heard of it. I guess I heard pray tell of this like seaboard, you know. And I just feel like I don't know. Now I want to go swimming in the ocean all the time, and you can't do it in the Pacific. It kind of sucks. The Pacific Ocean is very cold, especially here in the like North California, you know. Mm. Well, so is the Atlantic. Like, I'm from Massachusetts originally, and it's, like, fucking cold there. Oh, so um, north, huh? So in the summer, like, I would only really... I mean, I, I swam in it, but, like, as an adult, I would only swim in it if it was, like, 90 degrees or above outside so I could get super hot and then go into the fucking freezing Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. But I also lived in, you know, when I was in the UK, I lived at one point um, sort of on the North Sea coast. Oh, yeah, and- I yeah and so like east the east of england so like there's obviously the atlantic side but then there's the north sea side are there like what, what's up there what, what have people heard of like maybe is there famous cities um i mean it's not too far from cambridge like it's maybe like an hour from cambridge um but right? yeah i mean there's like there's definitely a lot of cities on that side of the uk because obviously the uk is like an island so yeah. like that's just half of the uk like you know there's a lot of like you know, former beach resort towns that are, have kind of fallen into disrepair on it's that side. But I think that there's a certain beauty in that. And so like, I would go to those cities, but it was always so cold. It would be like 60 degrees outside. And I had friends there who would swim all year round. Like they would swim in fucking January in the North Sea. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing that. So I, I actually never swam in the North Sea because every time I went to the beach there, it was like so cold and gray. And I was like, I'm not doing that. But I have, I've swam in rivers in that part of England, but I haven't swam in the sea. (laughs) This is weird to think. I don't know. With all the druid stuff there, I don't know if I'd go in any rivers in England ever. But like, I do think I would go in the sea. The people here, though, they do the same thing. They like old people swam like at the little aquatic cove over by, which I want to bitch about something over by this municipal pier, which they've closed since last November because of earthquake safety, allegedly. They say it needs to be inspected and it's not safe. And it's a whole safety as a man. (laughs) 2030 bullshit they are closed off they i think they want to redo that entire fucking area because there's uh, there's a whole thing there's a constant break-ins they like let crime happen there they are trying to like just disrupt this area by beautiful aquatico which is a nice little uh spot uh, great uh what's it called streamlined modern building it's a uh, like kind of art deco building called the maritime uh museum people can look that up it's a gorgeous little building they want to make it all leveled i think and make it condos or whatever so like uh people go down there and swim like old people like in the cove like no Actually, you know what I've noticed actually lately? I think a lot more people are doing this cold water shit because like I see people in the cold for like a lot, like even in the morning and stuff, but like people- What, the whole like cold plunge type thing? Yeah, because I see a lot of people with no swimsuit, but they're not really swimming. You know, they're, they're not no swimsuit, no, no bodysuit. Because like sometimes you'll see people like in their- What is that called? Like a skin suit? <laughs> skin <laughs> <What is> suit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the word. Like it's like they're like- 
their getup. Their surfer getup. Their surfer. I don't even. I don't know. I've had a couple drags. Sometimes they're drag surfing, but then like a lot of times they're just like in their bathing suits. Like the old people don't fucking. They wear like just like their like their cap and their goggles, and they're out there doing laps in this cove, and it's like got to be like fucking forty degrees. I swear, you know, like fifty degrees probably in the water. I've done cold plunges recently, not in like nature, but like in like a cold plunge, like at a sauna or whatever, for the first time. And, like, people are really, like, pilled on that now. Like, that's, like, a big, like, right-wing health thing, like, to do the sauna and the cold plunge. And I've done it a couple times. And, like, I don't think I have done it frequently enough. And I'm not going to do it frequently enough for to see any benefits. But I can I can see it kind of just shocks you awake. But I've never swam. I mean, I the river that I swam in in England was cold. But it was probably, like, 60 degrees. Whereas, like, those cold plunges are, like, 40 degrees, yeah. you know. So there's a difference but i have been river pilled recently i mean like i feel like my experience in england river pilled me and now that i'm in texas like i'm in kind of a landlocked area like i'm in central texas Mm -hmm. so like the only water that you can swim in is like you know like rivers and springs and stuff like i'm not near the coast anymore and this is like the first time in my life that i haven't been like close to the coast that's interesting yeah i've always lived near water like i was thinking about that you're in the middle of like the plains I don't know. I feel like I, I am river pilled too. Or like, I'm kind of, I guess they're rivers, creek pilled, canyon pilled, or like water hole pilled maybe is better to say. It's really just to jump, uh, jumping into like, you know, off a rock. Do you ever do that? Like jump off a rock into like a pool of water that's like kind of sketch? I don't think that I've ever done it in a river or a lake, but I have jumped off like cliffs into the ocean. That's, oh, that's scarier to me. Actually, I've never done that. I've never jumped off. I've done some really scary, like, rock jumps into, like, really narrow canyons, actually, a few, t- few times in my life. From pretty high up, actually, but never in the ocean, ironically. It's funny. I don't know. I've never done it in an unsafe way, though. Like, <laughs> the places that I've done it are places that, like, everyone does it from. Like, I never just, like, found a random cliff. You know? So, I did this one at the place called The Dipper. It's, like, pretty remote down, uh, like, a maybe mile hike, <laughs> like, into the, like, Ventana wilderness. So, like, totally not safe like it would take hours for any kind of emergency services to reach anybody there it was like a good like 17 foot jump there it was pretty cool but like uh, recently like this summer like there was like this rock at this dam and like in uh in where like a lot of people have, i guess drowned like, they're stupid cornell kids like, they're, they're idiots of course so they're not, they're, they weren't gonna make it obviously but like smart people can be <laughs> fine and it's like all these like cousins come and they're like we want to jump off a rock we can't jump off rocks and it's the water was just like kind of too intense right the area you would normally jump off the rocks was no go but there was like maybe another alternative but it was like sort of sketch and like this is why i earned the title of like spiritual dad is because somebody needed to go and fucking just like see if it was gonna kill anybody and so i did it was like pretty much not going to but it was a little scary like i jumped off of that one it was fine i went behind a waterfall this summer actually i feel like we're doing the swimming song you know that sweet song where it's like yes i went in the ocean it does that's not how it you goes. did the old australian <laughs> crawl i did it behind a waterfall it was so scary i hated it oh my god i was like behind the water i was like this sucks i hate it, it was just like like a one foot like narrow chasm with like water gushing in front of you and a rock wall behind <laughs> you and i was just like i hate this so much but i did do it so i survived uh um, and that's just me like yeah i don't know you have to I mean, live. i'm you glad live. that you survived because like i i mean i get the spiritual dad thing and you being willing to martyr yourself for the 
the cliff jump of others or whatever, but I'm glad that you're here. <laughs> yeah, the question wasn't even really the rock. Honestly, the rock wasn't that high. I'd seen people jump off of that rock before previously, but it, the water was so, there'd been so much rain that it was like a question of like, will like the waterfall pummel you? Like what's going to happen when you get in the water? Not so much of like what's going to like happen on the way down, mm-hmm. you know? Because there's a lot. And that's what the Cornell kids don't think about. And that's why they drown. I was doing the math. I was doing the equations. I was that meme lady with the math. And I said, it's going to be okay. <laughs> and I jumped in and then the rest is history although there might be a timeline where i drowned who knows like well you- recently <laughs> i did i was like tubing on a river here in texas and there were like rapids there um at the end and they're not like that scary like kids go down it like it's fine um yeah, yeah. but it was so funny because i was like on my tube and i was about to go down the rapids <laughs> and there was these like two like mexican like 13 year olds who were just like wrestling each other like in front of me and I was like I'm about to hit them and then I ran them over and we went down the rapids together and they were like under my tube and I was like it's called we do a little hate crime on the rapids. I ran over some Mexican youths I'm sorry I didn't mean to you probably, you probably weren't even legally here it's fine <laughs> like I'm sorry you shouldn't have been wrestling in the rapids this is what happens this is what you get oh my goodness oh my goodness oh my goodness um well you know it happens it happens you know it's so funny that reminds me like do you ever do you go to water parks are there water parks I guess in Texas I mean like, I don't know I mean I'm sure there are I haven't been to one I've been to a water park before like as a kid but not recently yeah, I hate them generally but then like well my I thought about this because my dad at the lazy rapids at like raging waters like once like god the only time I ever saw my dad get in a fight with somebody like in public was like <laughs> water park because water parks are trash but then like last summer it was like two summers ago i guess with my niece and nephew i kind of got water park pilled and i was like actually no i love water park so now i'm water park pilled i want i'm gonna come to texas so we can go to like a water park oh my god please do (laughs) although i will say i'm like kind of afraid of water parks like i've been to i've been to them as a kid and stuff but i'm kind of afraid of giant water slides like the ones that are like a full tube and it's like they're not open because yeah. I'm like, what if I got stuck in there? <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't do that. I only like the open air kind. Yeah. No, I would yeah. not. It's not internal. No, no internal tubing. Like, that's terrifying. Like, no, what, I'm like, I don't want to get stuck in there. Like, I'm going to die in there. No. No, there was a famous incident where, like, near, like, I don't know when it was. It was something in the 90s. Like, a whole bunch of, like, seniors, like, went on this uh, trip out in, like, the middle of central California. I feel like it was, like, Oak Grove or something. But they went to Manteca Water Slides, this kind of Central Valley water park. And I don't know. I'm laughing. They tragedy many of them died and so it was like a really <laughs> scary thing and i don't i don't know like, i shouldn't be laughing either but the way you framed it was really funny <laughs> it, was like not great. it was not great but the thing is i didn't get a senior trip we didn't get to do anything fun so like in a way it was like i don't know maybe it was just a little bit of my resentment coming out and that's not that's not a great look i i will admit that but i do feel <laughs> like it was like kind of sad for like it was it was it was definitely sad for them. I guess I don't know why people been bringing it up, even other than to, to gloat. <laughs> I suppose they want to brag about it, but like you know, there was, <laughs> there was also the reason of just like you know, it's just not safe. You know, it's just not safe. Kids, don't go to a water park. I'm sorry. I know. Don't go to the inner Don't go inside. Although, okay, <laughs> I also think they did. I do think that they were like kind of stacking the slide. They were doing something where there were too many of them going down the tube at once. I think now that I'm thinking about it. So, and not that they brought it on themselves. Obviously that's not what I'm saying. These parks are dangerous is what I'm saying. And don't, that's definitely a terrible idea. Can you imagine? Oh, God, that's so trashy. You're like seeing your trip going to a water park. That would make me want to die. Being in a I mean, around I'm also just like afraid in general of like, I don't know. Like I used to love when I was a kid, I used to love like, you know, like, 
carnivals or like you know like say a carnival came to your town and there was like you know the crazy thrill-seeking yeah, 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 rides those things like, scared me too yeah i well i used to love them when i was a kid but now i'm like oh my god like yeah like a bunch of illegal immigrants just like threw this shit together in five minutes like <laughs> we're gonna yes. die Nut out carnies, it's so scary. But it's like the zipper is like, I know. Did you ever ride the like the gravitron? That was my favorite, where it like puts you up against it, spins around, and it kind of gives you like it's like an internal yes. disc, you know. And you're like thrown against the wall. Who are doing like fucking somersaults on the wall and shit? And there's like heavy metal playing and stroke, like <laughs> so awesome. Okay, it's like basically whippets without doing whippets. Yeah, what- I used to love that shit when I was like a teenager and I was like straight edge without being straight edge. Like, I just like didn't do any drugs or drink so i was like hell yeah i love the adrenaline but now that i'm an adult and i can get that elsewhere i'm like uh maybe not no i remember the last time i was like 25 maybe and i went to the fair and i did it with like a a cousin and it was like i couldn't breathe super great actually that happened to me at this water park amusement park there was like one of those like upside down rides and it wasn't like a carnival but it wasn't mm, disneyland let's put it that way it was it was rural it wasn't quite fixed i guess in the same (laughs) same permanent way that you would expect for a ride to be and it was like upside down and i was like i can't breathe and it's like one of those ones that keeps going over and over so like every time i was just like ah! it was just like the worst feeling <laughs> it was like the worst feeling too because it was like right as it started i like knew that was gonna happen and i was like oh this is gonna be the worst like 60 seconds of my life <laughs> it truly was i don't know uh, it was my revenge it was revenge for me saying those horrible things about the, the poor seniors and the water yeah park. they knew that you were gonna say that like 20 years later <laughs> Crazy Cuppingsburg, but it's how it goes. All time exists at the same time. It all exists on a plane. Time's not real, and so on and so forth. It's like all the scat. Well, I have this whole theory. I can't quite articulate it. I might have embarrassed myself on thoughts and prayers last night. We'll, we'll find out, I guess, soon. Because I was trying to articulate something about like kind of like synchronicity, but like I blame now the Tower of Babel for it because like <laughs> in the Bible it says like he like scattered everybody, but it's like this really weird word that means like. It's like scattering, but I feel like, I don't know, my theory is that like time and space got scattered and that's why like predictive programming. That's why people like have synchronicity and that's why people like see the future is because of like the scattering. I know nothing about it, but I believe it. I don't know. I I, I need to probably study it more. I shouldn't be just dropping these crazy theories. You can time pull me anytime, pool house. (laughs) I know. It's not even like, well, do you know how there's like two types of time? Like the Greeks have like, uh, like chronos, like regular, like calendar, like minute to minute time. And there's like Kairos, which is like a different type of time. That's just like, it's more like, it's more like fate. I mean, I think it's more like kismet or kind of like, yeah, I I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's kind of like the time of like chance or the time of like seasons or systems or just like rhyme and reason, maybe, I guess, sort of like it's a, it's a, mystical kind of time i guess in a way i don't know i think it's cool that they have that other time i like that i believe i believe i don't know anything about it but i believe just like intuitively (laughs) wait i was gonna ask you wait i want to know about crumps you did a lot of memes about crumps recently and like i was i thought you had some kind of like i don't know i thought it was like mumps or just something very like (laughs) like, you did say that i'm just joking you did say crumps at one point i thought you would say not mumps but i thought it was like i don't know what it would be like chlamydia mumps i I don't think you would have that like that sounds horrible (laughs) and like i don't know like crumps sounds it sounds like something you would catch you know (laughs) so it's like what i sound is like and then i connected back i was like this is you know i'm constantly learning about 
people like I'm not really aware of a lot of like things and people so every time it's like this like constantly unfolding universe of all these entities that like everybody knows everything about I feel like or really familiar with and I'm kind of like I feel like you feel like this though too maybe maybe it's really common to everyone where it's just like who what and it's just like these like characters come out of nowhere and it's like have they always been there did I come from another timeline and I do I live in a hole like what's happening <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the crumbs thing is, like, so random. So, basically, like, I don't I don't really know much about it either. I kind of was aware of him because that whole stupid, like, Dime Square scene in New York. And I'm not familiar with it. I'm not part of the scene. I don't care. But, you know, we're on Twitter and, you know, you're just forced to hear about this shit. So, I, like, heard about it enough that I, like, eventually, like, it's, like, I feel like this happens so much on Twitter. Like, the mimetic effect of things that eventually mm -hmm. you understand things that you never even wanted to understand or like weren't trying to know about like there are so many memes that I like at first was like what the fuck is this and then once I do realize that I'm like oh god like they've got me like you know a lot like of now to be honest there's a lot of things about people's personal behaviors and lives and fetishes that I wish I did not know anything. right like I I should have never known I should have never been exposed to but even like silly memes like Friday in the 4HL like for a long time I didn't know what the 4HL was but now I, I do time out, time out. I still actually don't quite understand I've, I've heard it I've heard the words of breaking out I guess I, I don't get it it means four hour life so it basically means that like you know you have this amount of time to do your job and this amount of time to do like your like domestic shit and then you only have four hours to yourself because you have to sleep like it's like it's something to do with that like it's Why are there like pictures of dasha with it she that's just that's just that's literally just a perry thing like perry pericles like <laughs> i thought i thought for show was a perry thing i don't know i that's really funny because it's like that's what kind of confused me i was i was like i feel like she has more than four hours in a, a day she, she I, definitely does not every but... day obviously i know she's a very busy woman but like i'm sure it's like part of being an artiste a creative is that you don't have an eight hour day right like every day but i feel like there's so many memes like that that like at first i was like what the fuck is that i don't even want to know and then eventually you just like get it and then you're like oh no i've been brain poisoned i get it and so that that was me with Crump. oh my god like, and tnd that's another one tnd is a great one i wish i never had heard about tnd i know i only learned that one recently let's not go down <laughs> the tnd rabbit hole again you don't want to get canceled I'm um, ready. It's fine. <laughs> but so crumbs whatever like long <laughs> long fucking story short about crumbs and like i can't believe that i'm the one who has to explain crumbs because i don't even know any of these people but like okay so basically he is this guy who is sort of in that dime square scene in new york that sort of dissident art scene in new york yeah yeah and or, is he catholic are they all catholics i've heard they're catholic no i mean i guess some of them but like he <laughs> so the way that he positions himself as far as I know, I don't know him. I don't even follow him. I've never even seen his Twitter account as far as I know. Um, but he positioned himself as being some sort of like journalist who was exposing the fascism of that scene. So he was like getting involved with the scene and going to their parties, but then like writing on his sub stack about how like bad they were. That was like the whole like conceit, right? Okay. okay. And so, you know, he's like, I'm going to hang out with the fascists to expose them. And it was supposed to be some political project. But okay. it became very obvious that it wasn't. And he was just an orbiter of the same, <laughs> scene, you know, like, and he's still friends it's with those I like people. that. It's funny. It's actually funny. I like it. I, I well, at first, I thought it was like a bit. Like, I, I literally thought it was like a self-aware bit at first. Yeah, like, I, for real, for real. 
so I was like kind of like whatever you know and I but again I didn't know much about it I've never read his Substack, but I've just like heard about it from Twitter yeah but anyway yeah. See, so, Twitter, it's kind of funny because I'm like is this a real person I almost feel like this is like some elaborate art project on me because I'm like does he? anyway go on I, I question if this person is real I, I'm just gonna start at that motherfucker may not <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like he had this whole conceit that he was kind of like you know doing some political project and exposing fascism somehow but also hanging out with all the so-called fascists none of whom are actually fascists i can dig it i can dig it and um anyway the whole thing that happened recently was so i guess like there was like some chick who presumably he was like sleeping with or at least hanging out with a lot and she kind of like wrote a substack like canceling him and saying that he was like in bed with all these fascists but it was so funny because like the whole thing was predicated on the fact that he tried to date and have sex with keyword tried to this like transphobic poet or whatever um and still oh my gosh and like i guess she you know she didn't say this she made it all a political thing but the vibe that i got was that she was just like jealous and wanted to launder it into a political tape um but anyway so then he so last weekend like memorial or labor day weekend sorry he posted an instagram story and it was like you know this huge copy pasta apology letter let's pull it up let's pull it up for the listeners so it's long i'm just warning you but let's go okay oh my god should i refresh my drink really quick is that terrible yeah no, it's not terrible. Okay, that's perfect. Give us <laughs> 60 seconds. Okay. We're just vibing. We're just vibing. It's act two. We took an intermission. I feel like it's kind of like a good idea. When I was podcasting with Basil the other day, I like really had to pee the whole time, but I <laughs> I, I was like, I'm not going to interrupt the pod. So it's kind of nice to interrupt the pod. Well, no, I don't think I'm very reactory and they tolerate any kind of female needs. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, shout out. Shout out, Bayreactory. <laughs> we love but, you, Basil. Well, here we can take it. We love you, Basil. I was making a joke about like starting late because like I've been I've been on like color people time all summer. I don't know what happened to me, Cassandra, but like I cannot start on time. And I used to be the most punctual person like on the planet. Like I don't know what happened to me. I've never been punctual a day in my life, so I don't give a fuck. Well, I don't know. 
that's interesting because your Virgo doesn't keep you like uh it doesn't keep you like punctual no I have way too much I have way too much Leo and Sagittarius in my chart that cancels that shit out like I'll I'll feel guilty about it like my Virgo moon will make me feel guilty about all my Mm -hmm. failings but like I won't actually do it you know you're Virgo moon, but I'm like I'm Virgo rising, so I, like I guess I'm getting like a yeah. different kind of. It's like, totally like, different. Like Virgo it's like moon, Virgo. it's like yeah. an emotional thing. So I'm still gonna do all the actions of all my fire placements that are more like active in my chart, but then my moon will berate me for it because that's like the emotional sign. Oh, yeah, you have a Leo moon, so it's just like pretty let off the hook pretty easily most of the time. Sagittarius, it's pretty dangerous. Fortunately, that Virgo is like in the mix otherwise it could be quite no i've said this like time and again like (laughs) if i didn't have a virgo moon like i believe this like sorry i believe in this like if i didn't have a virgo moon i'd be dead in a ditch somewhere because like the rest of my chart is so chaotic and i've been so chaotic throughout my life but like that virgo moon like keeps me tethered to the earth no no, it keeps me like not insane like many sagittarius's are like hated uh for good reason i know like taylor swift maybe is a good example i know she's i don't know why i would pick on her but a lot of pop stars are sagittarius and are simultaneously they just like they're they burn black. and leos there's so many like sure. i feel like gemini leo and sagittarius are very represented yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah I mean gemini is like an air sign but they're oh, chaotic right. they're chaotic air. messy bitches and like yeah i have a gemini mars so i feel like that checks out but yeah we i mean the, like the two of us have the same big three just in different no we're still looking for our our third we saw you from across the tl <laughs> we wanted to buy you a drink <laughs> we need someone wait we need someone who is i guess wait virgo virgo star sag moon leo rising because that would be none yeah. of, yes that's our third that would be our yeah so if you're a virgo sun and you have those other two placements yeah. hit us up. we will need to see our chart like you don't don't fucking think you can just get around it. and birth certificate yeah no. we, we we need yeah. it to be confirmed <laughs> but then you can well then i guess we just like start a band <laughs> <laughs> wait for a second before we get into crumbs i want to get into crumbs because it's important can we just hate on for a second these dumbass motherfuckers that are like oh you know you you as a man believe in astrology like what in the fuck oh my god that zero hp lovecraft tweet the other day it's like <laughs> fuck off, you fuck off your sure. <laughs> no it's ridiculous it's, it's many such cases but yes that one was annoying it's a very annoying just like it's condescending it's like what the fuck okay newsflash everyone first of all all of the sciences stem from like hermeticism alchemism it informed everything everything the philosophies the arts the sciences the letters the crafts all of them are made up from motherfucking weird ass crazy cult people so just deal with it so just deal with it and so and also like it's not it's not even that crazy that like it's not that crazy that like different types of things would grow during different types of seasons because that's like how every other fucking thing yes, works. Yes. So it's actually like pretty smart. And then don't even get me started. I don't know anything about quantum physics, but apparently it proves it all anyway. So go look that up if you're interested. No, I, I agree. It's like, it's crazy to me to think that like, you know, the time and place that you were born wouldn't have an effect on your personality and how you like develop as a living being and also i feel like a lot of people who hate on astrology hate on it because they're like oh what so you think that like i was born in the same month as someone and so therefore it's all the same and it's like no because that's a very that's a huge fundamental misunderstanding of astrology because actual astrology is way more specific than that and you can be extremely different (laughs) from someone born in your same sign i'm not saying that like 
because I was born during Leo season that I'm the same as every other person born no. in that month. Like it's very specific. Like it, and in addition to all of that, I just think that it's beautiful. Like, even if it's not quote unquote real, first of all, what is real? But you know, even if astrology is just a fantasy or whatever, it's a really intricate, beautiful fantasy. It's a really intricate, beautiful system. And if nothing else, it's a really potent tool for which to understand yourself. So if you are like a person living in our modern society and you've been completely lobotomized by our modern society, whether that's through mass media or pharma or propaganda or anything else, it's a way of kind of getting back in touch with yourself, I think. And even say you get your birth chart and you do a full fucking reading with like the houses and every placement and whatever, and you're still like, this isn't real. Like, I don't know, even coming to the conclusion that you don't relate to it forces you to have some level of self-awareness and self-understanding and to think about yourself and your evolution as a person. And I think that that's not to be all therapy language, but I think that that's productive, like regardless. And all these people who are so averse to it, like, sorry, you're missing out. So, so well stated. It's true. And it's like, at least if you went through that exercise, you would see that there's a whole system. There is like a whole, it's a palette. You're right. It's not like a one thing, like, oh, you're Leo, so you're this. It's a system. There's a science and there's all these uh, positions of planets and these different aspects. You know, you have to believe in it for sure. You're right. But it, it, I done the full chart reading multiple different you know sources where it's like oh wow this is like actually fucking really crazy and it doesn't feel like I, yeah people will say confirmation bias but i i don't know you can like have other people know you read this too and they will agree no, they'll they'll here, say that here. they'll say the confirmation bias thing but it's like i genuinely don't think that that's actually true and you get down to like the tax and bolts of it like i would like i'm not a water sign i have no water in my chart if someone told me that i was like a cancer pisces moon like yeah they might they might argue that, oh, well, then you're refracting everything through that lens and then you would agree with it. I don't know. I really don't think so. Like, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I've read deeply about every sign and exactly there are many that really don't apply. So exactly. And actually, honestly, even if it's not true, you're learning. It's a language of personality and types and stuff. So I mean, these are true things. So even if it's confirmation bias, for example, you're not unlearning things because it's, so, oh, it's true for you. And so you believe it's real. OK, well, it's still like a really interesting thing to learn about yourself or to see written about yourself, you know, and it helps you to like understand who you are so to your yeah yes. to your, your point exactly. so it's like who cares if it's confirmation bias it, it does literally not matter because it's, yeah like it's like oh are you so afraid of learning about yourself then like, <laughs> even if it's not real why are you afraid exactly. of looking into it you're like oh this is gay or this is for girls or this that, and the <laughs> other and it's like okay well i guess you're just like afraid of getting to know yourself then like because you can learn all of this people. stuff and not co-sign it but you can still <laughs> go down that rabbit hole self-reflect i don't know i feel the same about like tarot like kind of any system that's kind of dismissed Mm -hmm. as like new agey or woo woo and i'm not saying that i do all of those things but i i don't know i feel like being like just so automatically averse to these things it's gay yeah and it's like you're just like afraid of your humanity like you're afraid of getting to know yourself i don't know it reeks of self-loathing homosexuality. It's just kidding. I hate when people say you're self, uh, self-hating homophobic uh, person. Well, it, it definitely like, reeks of self-loathing. Like, it reeks of something I don't care for. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. But yeah, I think it's interesting to learn. It's also about other people. It's like not just yourself. It's like learning about other people and how people are and relate to each other. It's like... Uh, I've uh, had so many interesting connections with people based on just talking about astrology. And it doesn't mean that all of us are fucking astrological worshipers but it's like just like sitting there and and same with tarot like 
mm-hmm. doing a tarot reading for a friend or doing an astrology reading for a friend, all of that stuff brings you closer together because then you're like, oh, do you feel this way about yourself? And then they end up sharing more about themselves. And like, yeah, like I just think that it's a very useful system for that reason. And there's a fucking reason that it's been around for thousands of years, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, I learned it's so weird, but like uh, it's been around thousands of years. The Tower of Babel, like it says that they like, it's this weird language like they built it they built the sky upon the top or something it's, i forget how it's written in the bible but like i have this like crazy ass old bible it's like insane footnotes like it's in every other word it's like an insane footnote i love a footnote it's david and, foster wallace my man well, yeah no it's breaking down like the and this is like for it's like uh for the etymology from like the like the source and it like also references where the that specific type of word is used elsewhere so it helps you to kind of uh map some of the connections in the literature the text across the bible it's really fascinating uh but it was like like saying that it was like oh they this is from this time this these temples they would build uh like a zodiac they would put the zodiac i guess on the, the top of it on the ceiling of the very top of like a temple and they were saying basically that they did the same thing at this tower of babel and i was like oh it's so interesting like they like had that like way it was weird to like see a zodiac reference you know there's a lot of zodiac coding in the bible but it was weird to see it in this like 1800s like footnote you know that it was just like so yeah. acknowledged it was like, accepted that that was like a part of the world and like the traditions of civilization, you know? But now it's just like, trust the science, trust the science, don't yeah, trust you know, the pseudoscience. Yeah. It doesn't sit right with me. It's counter signaling the zodiac shit. That's like going against civilization and tradition in Western. It's also just going against human intuition. Like, I think that yeah, science, or what we call the science TM these <laughs> days, is so antithetical to human intuition to the point where it's like you will override your human intuition to like leave a dangerous situation, even when it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, like, do you have a peer reviewed study? And the, like the whole point of like a quote unquote peer reviewed study is that you can't have intuitions. You can't yes. have gut feelings. You only find out that things are bad for you like, you know, months or years after it's actually happened, at which point it's like, what's the point of that? I don't know. As a human being, like I want to trust the intuition that I evolved with or that I inherited or like whatever you want to call it. Like we have intuition for a reason. We we accept that animals in the wild have intuition for a reason. Why can't we accept that in humans? So. <laughs> well, and we should, we, I think, used to very much more, but it's like a top down imposition of reality from like these managerial class, like global type people that are like trying to map a version of reality like they they don't want you to use intuition because they want you they want to tell you what to think so they can control everyone and the worst thing that could happen is you use your intuition and be like oh these people suck and have my best not my best interest at heart and like go and tell somebody else about it and the the second worst thing is that you talk to somebody else about that same thing and they're like yeah i think that way too those are the worst things well that's exactly why (laughs) not to go down a fucking tangent i know we're supposed to be talking about crumbs but like (laughs) but like (laughs) I genuinely think that like, and we've talked about this before privately, I think, but like, you know, Elon Musk and the whole like X and the monetization and all of it, you know, like rate limiting people in the DMs. To me, it all, it's all one thing. It's all the same as the censorship regime, sorry. It's the same as, you know, even, and this is like a silly example, but like when there was that unvaxxed dating app that came out and then they banned it because of like misinformation and because it was dangerous. No, it's the same thing as like getting rid of like the gender critical subreddit. Like, you know, all of these things are all one thing. They do not want like-minded people to be able to make interpersonal connections. They want everyone to be atomized. It's fine if we're posting into the void or whatever, 
mm-hmm. they don't want us to actually make real connections or have real friends. And I feel so lucky and blessed in the sense that I have made a ton of really close, mm-hmm. real connections because of Twitter, which sounds so silly, but it's true. And like, obviously you're one of them. And, and that all happened recently for me, like over the last sort of like nine months, like the first year that I was on Twitter, I was just kind of posting into the void and like, sure, I had like a couple like friends, quote unquote, but it was really like starting in like January that I started like, mm-hmm. you know, going on podcasts, like actually becoming like real friends with people, like exchanging contact info and so on. Exactly. And yeah. And then like to see that all of this happened in July where it was like, okay, now we're not allowed to do that anymore. You're allowed, you're allocated, you're like fucking 60 messages a day or whatever it is. You're six feet, you're 60 feet apart, 60 feet messages feet apart, basically. It's like yes. <laughs> and it's like, if that had happened like six months prior, I would have never made any of these connections. I wouldn't have even moved to the city that I'm in because the reason that I met all of these people was basically because of being able to DM and make connections and make friends. And it's just so crazy to me to think that like the level of control that they have over our lives that like most people wouldn't even like grasp, like they're just like, oh, it's this annoying DM rate limit, but they don't understand the whole domino effect of like what that would actually have on your relationships. And so, and of course, like with, with the current thing, the current, uh, like X or whatever, like, it's like, it's like, you know, you, you can pay to DM people. So sure. So I guess you can still have that, but then at what cost, like now you're, you know, plugging into this other plan that they they have, which is basically to censor the whole internet. So I don't know. Anyway, I'm going on a tangent, but no, I'll say this. Yeah, no, I think it was well said. I, I appreciate that you said that. I appreciate you because I feel the same way that I was able to branch out my network of like-minded people. It was very like fortuitous that it all kind of came together the way that it did. And you're right because it's it is scary. It was like my thought. July first, I feel like the Orange Revolution Day also coincided <laughs> with like a uh, rate limit ban, which I don't know if people don't remember this was been like. It, Twitter stopped working basically. Allegedly, it was like, oh, rate limits. There's a fight between Amazon and like Twitter, but it was like bullshit. It was part of the censorship regime. I feel like it is more true now than ever that it had something to do with the half year, a contract, a treaty. Something expired, something went up, and something just kicked into gear. They went and they deployed something. That was why it was down. And then a new apparatus was in there because I think it's a new AI kind of all the old shadow banning tools don't work so all the websites people used to go to to like see if they were shadow banned don't really work anymore i was shadow banned for two months i'm kind of out of it maybe now a little bit every so often i but think you are because i see you on my timeline now but there was a while that none of your no, no i was like i wasn't so and then so like I, I used to have to go to your profile to like all your tweets you know i thank you and thank you for doing that and it's like it's you should have to it's really insane and it's like uh so that i didn't handle it well also being shadow banned and i like I did. I bifurcated my ego across the two accounts and tried to create a, basically a wormhole in time through a, like a polarity effect through the kind of just collapsing the entropy by having two accounts that were existing in the same time and space. It's actually working really well. It's very successful. And I was actually <laughs> recently crowned Mr. Worldwide, just completely by Completely excellent. Thank you, people. But it was like really just, a, it was, it's great. I'm paying on one of those accounts, right? It's my business account. So it's whatever. I'm not monetized. I wanted to say I'm not monetized. I'm not on any kind of program, but there was no way to really, I don't know if there's really a way to differentiate who's monetized once they have their little like blue check. No, there's not. And I think that's part of the point. Like, I think that it's literally this exactly. thing where it's like, you know, like 
the psychology of crowds and so on, where it's like, if everyone has to get their blue check in order to communicate with people, and then you don't know who's monetized and who's not. And then you start to think, and I've seen this happening with a lot of my mutuals or people that I follow where they're like, oh, well, everyone else is doing it. I'm going to do it too. And I'm like, Jesus, to me, this sounds very similar to like, everyone got the COVID vaccine. So I'm going to get it. Oh, like you dangled a little carrot. Oh, Oh, you have the benefit of being able to participate in society. You have you have Krispy Kreme donuts, you know, and like I refused and I refused the COVID vaccine. And, you know, I was like, I'm willing to fucking lose my job over it. And fine, if they want to like shadow ban me from Twitter, because I'm not going to get the blue check and I'm not going to pay for Twitter, then they can do that because I already made my friends. But like, you know, I totally understand why people would want to do it for so many reasons. But especially because, yeah, like if this had happened six months prior when I was like just starting to make friends and then it was like I got a taste of it but didn't actually get to see the fruits of that, I probably would have done it too at that point, you know, just because I was like, oh, well, I still want to talk to these people, but we haven't made friends enough to be friends in real life or whatever. Totally, totally, totally. you're, I'm good for you for not doing it. I actually have done that on that account. It was a secretly, it was a different account for a while. So it's actually been before like all these like draconian things happen. It was on, on that account. Uh, I won't go into the whole story of, of that, but I was doing some ex- research and experiments. Uh, social media is always experimenting on us. So I sometimes experiment back on them. It's my right. I think that's fair. Yeah. Scientist. So I do do it sometimes, but I feel like, I mean, I'm shadow banned on that account. You're the only scientist I trust. (laughs) Thank you. People think I'm joking, but I'm not. I'm going to be a physician. I will be practicing law. By 2025, once we get rid of all this and we just go back to America, we won't need the bar. We won't need all these boards. And I'll be a physician because I can heal. And I I won't say heal. I I lay hands. And I will also say we can do (laughs) some, I can do some law. I can do some law. Uh, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> I didn't actually. I got try to- told in college that I would be a good lawyer, and I was. Yeah. I I always like took took that to heart. I was like, hell yeah! It's all your ass oh my gosh, you'd love it. It's words. It's all words. It's all like we're using words. You would love it. It would be fun. Actually, it's it's kind of game bullshit the way it's done a lot of the times but like once we get back to common law it's gonna be really fun you know yeah i'll debate your ass in court it's fine <laughs> down at the judge's barn <laughs> wherever mm-hmm. we're at in like a little like uh like uh, like new amish community i'm picturing like a, an amish once like, shit hits the fan yeah yeah like we're gonna like become like um new amish like n-u with like uma, <laughs> new amish and then like uma on the amish too just to be like hipster about it we'll be like it'll be the new trad cat <laughs> name i wanted to look up his chart because i was like what's his sign but i found somebody named benjamin crump he's black he's not a crump that's not know. him wait do you want me to read the crumps thing though yeah i wanted to hear it wait what's his who do you know his sign i don't know his sign i don't know anything about him i just wanted <laughs> to explain why i was posting on these memes about him <laughs> sorry i know i derailed us completely but it was like actually important that we did because because i'll and because i'll say this we know everyone's being censored i think it's way crazy that people didn't realize had that kicked in six months earlier you would not be making 32 memes a day about crumps you would probably 
frankly have a very productive life probably elsewhere doing something else but he wouldn't be as much fun he wouldn't have uh, the connections I would still be in Florida I would I would like just be like kind of like oh oh, no it's so good because if you hadn't done that some homeless crackhead would have stabbed you to death because you like gave him cash for a beer or like he started talking to you and you're like oh like I owe him like to read him a poem or whatever and it's just like the next thing we know this woman is on it's like because Truth Enjoyer found like Natalie Holloway and said not found maybe even because that's what happened I guess was <laughs> R.I.P. but like I think it could have been <laughs> tragedies I don't know it's I don't know it's a hard time there's a lot of planets in retrograde I just, I just want to put that out there a lot of planets in retrograde I think Venus retrograde just ended is Mercury still in retrograde i I don't know i think it is i think mercury is still in retrograde (laughs) and like i was having like tech issues today like i almost like couldn't do the pod because my computer wouldn't turn on and weirdly enough and i know we're fucking derailing this crumps thing even further but this is this is this is our vibe this is this is pool house (laughs) cassandra culture this is what people come for um I had like a weird dream this morning. Like I woke up and then I went back to sleep. And that's always the time that I have like really weird dreams when it's like mm-hmm. that liminal state between like waking up and then like really waking up. And um, anyway, I had this really weird dream that my computer, my personal computer, because I usually use my work computer for everything, but I only use my personal computer for like this type of shit. And so I, I guess I knew subconsciously that I needed to use my personal computer today because we were podcasting. And I had this dream that I opened my personal computer and instead of the screen, it was a piece of glass and the computer was completely broken. And then it stabbed me in the hand and my hand was like filled with pieces of glass. And I was like, no. And it was terrifying. And I feel like that's a very mercury retrograde dream. It's a very threatening dream like that, like, I don't know that like technology, but also like my thought crimes are going to like hurt me later and so on and so forth. Yeah, like you're out there. <laughs> I made me feel guilty. I was like, I, sh- I wish I hadn't, like, I don't want to bring you into any kind of web of darkness. We're part of a web of destiny, not web of darkness. This is the web of destiny. There's no but, darkness. Here. I know, the web of darkness is the world we live in. It's true, and we we have to we we have to take up serpents. We have to pick up shards. You know, sometimes we have to take the scary things, and we will survive. We will, we it will. was very like Jesus coded. Like I had yeah, all those like stigmata. Yeah, it's totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I had God. all of that in my palms. This is <laughs> what happens when you post too hard. You get stigmata in your hands stigmata. from your computer poster screen. stigmata. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> um, the, the miracle, the apparition. You wouldn't be getting poster stigmata. You wouldn't have like, ascended to like yeah poster saint. Hood, we we've ridden the hard timeline. We grabbed hold of it, and we're, we're holding steady. And it took you to Crumps. You ended up he- there. I don't know why. Still, I guess like I still don't know Crumps. Like, but I, I'll read you the thing. Let's okay, read the thing. Well, yeah. So just to recap, I guess because it's been a minute. It's been like <laughs> he's some guy, and he posted something, and he's yes. from Brooklyn. Or yeah, I mean, so he's like I'm some Times New York Square. guy who yeah. orbits Times Square and. Oh, he's, pretends, yeah, that's right. He's the fascist, but he's not really fascist. But he, he's, he pretends that he's like exposing fascism. Gotcha, gotcha. But he actually hangs out with all the same people. Anyway, okay. So he posted over the weekend, over Labor Day weekend. He said, I'm going to be stepping away from this writing in the scene for a while to reevaluate my values and how they're expressed in my work. For a moment, who I was as a writer and as a person might have stood for something genuinely, quote unquote, anti-fascist. But whatever integrity and solidarity I might have once had has become compromised by a duplicitous attachment to the same bourgeois reactionary arrogance and obscenity I claim to oppose. 
It has come to the point of betraying my most trusted friends who have rightly called me out for tolerating dangerous bullshit, for flattering and trying to date scene-adjacent poet-influencer class enemies who peddle transmisogynistic ideology to their followers, for being so caught up in spinning an endless autofiction narrative that constantly instrumentalizes real people as characters while playing it cool and keeping the stakes as low as possible for myself, for using friendships with women, especially trans women, for insight into real shit that I then extract for content, for perpetuating this whole mirage and then getting lost in it, to present myself as some quote-unquote ally or quote-unquote leader is to lie. I'm very sorry to everyone I've hurt and disappointed. So he did this out of nowhere. This was like an auto cancellation. I mean, obviously it was like a, clearly a struggle session going on in real life. Yeah, it was and, percolating, but it sounds Yeah. Like, and the girl that like, I think like started all of this had already written an open letter to him on Substack, which is hilarious to me. And in the open letter, it was like, I love you, Mike. And I just don't want to see you be led astray. Like it was like really like drawing on that manipulative empathy politics thing where it's like, you know, I love you and this isn't you. And like, you know, what happened to you type shit, you know, like the shit that we've all been put through. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, all of that hmm. was kind of going down, but I saw it like very early on. Cause like someone had sent it to me cause they thought it was funny because of the whole poet element. Cause obviously I'm, like, what was it the quote? Can you say okay. that quote again? That's it's very iconic. I, all the memes clicked. Yes, for flattering and trying to date scene adjacent poet influencer class enemies who peddle transmisogynistic ideology to their followers. So obviously, like given that a lot of people not know transmisogyny. That's like I know that's, that's the hate. third rail. How can there be transmisogyny if trans women? are women how can you have trans misogyny if trans women are women how can you be against trans women and women pick a struggle but yeah like but people sent this to me because Sorry. like they thought it was funny because they it were like funny. this it is, is you type thing because was, i felt so seen i was like what the fuck i was like when you said auto fiction life and i was like <laughs> i was like let me get the dude i felt so Over. seen and like but like <laughs> for me it was just fucking funny because it was like the specificity of poet in that like, it's like a poet who perpetuates transmisogynistic ideology to their followers. And that mm. is like the thing that you're getting canceled over. Yeah. And also the tried to date is so fucking funny to me. Like it's you didn't even succeed. You didn't awkward. even get like the transphobic pussy. But anyway, people sent that to me because they thought it was funny. And I thought it was fucking funny because funny. I'm like, you know, like anyone that I date as like, you know, you as long. That's yeah. Like, I mean, like I, I, yeah, I've dated like live guys before and it's like i'm just like imagining them having to write this because of their association with me because i somehow speciously perpetuated transmisogynistic ideology to my followers so, uh, so i just thought it was so funny i was like this cop it's a copy pasta like that whole thing is like so like the copy pasta that keeps on giving and so i just thought it was so fucking funny i have to make memes about it Preach. so i just made a shit ton of memes about it i think i was like the first one who like posted it and it went viral and then a bunch of other people posted it and it went super viral yeah. but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know like other people posted it and it went more viral than mine but i think yeah, that yeah, mine was like the first up. one and so anyway i just thought it was so fucking funny and so the next morning this was like labor day i was like drunk when i posted it and i just posted me and who and highlighted the part about trying to date <laughs> poets or whatever and then nice. and then the next morning i woke up and it was blowing up 
and I was still kind of drunk from the night before. So I just fired off like a shit ton of memes that were just like, you know, like the they don't know meme. Like they don't know that I'm a scene adjacent influence influencer <laughs> class enemy who perpetuates trans misogynistic ideology to our followers. Or there was one with the cat that was like, I should perpetuate trans misogynistic ideology to my followers. Anyway, the whole point of all of that wasn't to be like, I'm trans misogynistic. I don't even think that that word is real. The whole point of that was to like highlight the absurdity of all of this. Like it's just a fucking hilarious copy pasta. So anyway, so I did that. And then this one e-girl who like I used to be mutuals with, who's like a New York e-girl who like, first of all, she just moved to New York like a month ago, but, (laughs) but anyway, she's like a New York e-girl. Who's one of those like aesthetic posters, like whatever, um, subtweeted me and i'm like you're breaking posters code right now because like we're mutuals and i thought you know like there were plenty of times that she tweeted shit that i thought was retarded that i could have subtweeted but i didn't yeah, 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 yeah. and so. anyway she subtweeted me and it was like that whole meme that was like oh should we throw a party Da-da-da. so it was like oh you're a right-wing e-girl who perpetuates trans misogynistic ideology should we throw a party should we invite bronze age pervert and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, th- first of all, I I don't identify as a quote unquote right wing e-girl, but whatever. That's fine. You know, that's not why I was posting that. Like, I was posting that because this thing is fucking absurd. And the whole absurdity okay. is that all of this shit gets forced down our throat all the fucking time. It's just absurd cancel culture bullshit. And it's really just people enacting their interpersonal like drama on others but yes. with like a thinly veiled like politics over it like the right. real reason that all of this happened was because he fell out with this other chick like none of this has to do with politics sex lectics yes sex lectics yes. yes and and yeah so anyway she posted that and then she commented mm-hmm. on the post like like in the thread and she was like imagine posting all of that and you don't even live in new york and i'm like i'm sorry honey first of all you moved to new york one fucking month ago but that's beside the point Imagine posting all that. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, this is on the fucking internet. I'm allowed to make memes about it. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to live in New York. Do you really is think that pro, I'm like, Is she like pro him? Like, is that what, what is she defending? I, I don't, I don't know. But, but at the end of the day, I'm just like, I don't want to live in your fucking pathetic New York scene. I'm not interested in it. I'm making fun of it and it's I'm like, making fun hilarious. of it. I can, I can literally, yeah, why are you gatekeeping this shit? It's fucking retarded. I can live anywhere in the country and make fun of this shit because I am forced to see it and it's objectively absurd. And so I just kept making memes about it. But anyway, so that's that's the deal with with the Crumps shit. He he basically just self-canceled because like the libs in his life got mad at him and he tried to have sex with this girl and like, but that's the funniest thing. You didn't even get the trans misogynistic pussy. Hey, yeah. Or the trans pussy, it sounds like, and or bussy, whatever you call it. You know, it's what what an embarrassing story for everyone but you in this. But that's what I thought was so funny. Like the whole (laughs) thing was just so absurd and embarrassing. I was like, I cannot, I constitutionally am incapable of seeing such a hilarious, absurd copy pasta that also intersects with my life in the sense that I'm also a poet, and I'm sure, even though I I rarely post about the TQ. Like I obviously have opinions on it, but it's actually not the main thing yeah, that I. I, yeah, I'm, I'm I don't. I don't post about it that much. I'm trans misogynistic as fuck. But I. But I still knew, right, that if I dated someone who maybe like wasn't funny, out yeah. in the open about stuff, like 
or, you know, like the lib guys that I've dated sure, before sure, or whatever. Sure. Like yeah, if I dated they, anyone who's incredible. normal, yeah, you know, they would be attacked in that way. Like, it's like, oh, well, you're dating this like anti-vaxxer, trans-misogynist, da, 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 and they'd have to write some fucking apology letter struggle session. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just so fucking funny that I was like, I can't not meme this. And it was so funny because um, Cold Healing, who I'm friends with in real life, I've hung out with him before. No, shout um, out to no, he's love cool. Cold Healing. And I posted, like, I subtweeted that chick. And I, let me just pull it up because I, I can't, I have not memorized the copy pasta. So his language is just something like retarded. It's like a retarded, like long, people who are writing long winded, self important things with love, buzzwords. Apology notes. Yeah. As, as auto cancellation, I have a question about that. It, it's like automatic cancellation, but it's also kind of like auto fiction. It, yeah. Of, like it's like he's doing it to himself. It's almost like autogynophilia. Like it's, it's like using this word like it was like a word. And I was like, I get what you mean by like auto cancel, but I was like, I don't like it. No, he's doing it to himself, kind of yeah. to get ahead of someone else doing it to him. But yeah, so I it's also this, auto fiction because he's not really canceled. He's kind of canceling. He's not really in the self mythologizing like, way. It's all fake. It's all fake and gay. Yeah, <laughs> it's all fake and gay. But it's like I don't care about any of it. I literally don't care. I don't know who Crux is. Like, I don't know who funny. any of these no, but people you're are. Right. It's funny. It's but funny, it funny, and I'm gonna make memes <laughs> about it. It's fucking funny, and no, the memes are resonating. Funny. So I'm gonna keep making them. But yeah, anyway, I saw the memes, Cassandra. I didn't know, I didn't know you had crumps. Okay, I thought you were healthy and fine. I was like, I know, I know you had crumps, and I was like, but the memes were funny. Without, I knew there was probably missing context, but they were like the kind where it's like, oh, this is like it was just funny. Some things are just so funny they transcend <laughs> meaning. It's like call fucking the, the, the signifier and the sign or whatever. You know, whatever. Fucking go look it up. I don't care. But, but I mean? like, yeah, like this this check or whatever like subtweeted me. So then I knew I shouldn't wade into it. I'm like, this bitch is like some fucking twenty. 20- 23 year old new york e-girl i don't need to be fighting with her that's not what i'm on twitter for like i'm not on twitter for any sort of clout i'm literally on twitter just to like make friends and shit posts but i saw that and i was like no so i said mom can you come pick me up the dasha necrosova red scare podcast catholic girl trad wife aesthetic fawn barbie bambi sorry coquette Russian Slavic girl, New York e-girls are gatekeeping, making jokes about the objectively absurd crumps copy pasta. If I have to know about dime square against my will, I'm going to make jokes about it on the internet. Sorry. And then cold healing, love him. Shout out cold healing said, you're one of the few people who actually deserves the poet and poet influencer class enemy. Don't let the haters talk. And I'm like, you get it. You get it. Cause at the end of the day, this was all just a fucking bit. This is absurd. It's funny. And also, I am a poet influencer class enemy in these people's eyes. So it's just fucking funny. Sorry, I'm going to make memes about it. I don't need to live in fucking New York to do it. It was so funny. He, cold shot, cold healing. He, he does get it well well said. It was poetry. I read that tweet to my, my producer. <laughs> and like, it was so funny because I was like, I'm scared. Like, by this, I'm scared by this tweet because it was like, I knew some of the words, right? So it was kind of like this, like, uh, it was Kabbalah. It was like mystical association. It was like having a whole moment. I was like, well, I don't even know what's going on. But all I will say is I knew that you were winning. Uh, that came through loud and clear. I was like, but Truth Enjoyer is fucking winning on this one. Like, that's so funny. Like, yeah, you are. Yeah, I didn't mean to get into a beef though. Like none of this was a beef. Like I was literally making lighthearted memes. And to be fair and to be clear, that was the only person that like actually said anything mean. Everyone else was just like making memes too. You know, and like so anyway, she unfollowed me. I unfollowed her. No drama. I don't care. I don't. I don't want to wade into drama with her. But I was like, if you're gonna subtweet me, I'm gonna subtweet you back. Like 
She was probably just self protecting against auto cancellation of the future. She has like 30,000 followers fair, too. Yeah. So, are you serious? What a psycho. I don't know who this is, but like, I, it's oddly charitable. She's protecting herself against future. I mean, she's fine. Like, whatever. I don't hate her, but I, but I was just kind of like, bro, I'm allowed to also, make memes about this thing. And this is the internet. Like, I don't need to live in New York to make memes about something that's on the internet. And this is why I'm just kind of firing off missives and dismissive myself out. That didn't quite work. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I just can't. Like, it's, it's, it's right now, I just can't. I've, uh, I've got, I'm just, X is in my doghouse. I do feel unbanned, though. It just kind of feel nice. But you know what the thing is? They do that to me periodically just to give you a taste. And then they will find a reason. To, Linda and the ADL will find a reason to snap my jaws shut, wire my jaws, and put me back in my cage. But you know what? The nice thing is about going and being censored and putting in that cage is then you get to like come out of that cage and be like, I'm coming, I'm coming out. out of my cage. I'm doing <laughs> just fine. Just fine. They cannot stop me. I will be back. <laughs> I have know. you, have you ever been suspended on Twitter? No, ironically, not on fucking everyone. No, I've never been. Suspended. I know knock on wood too. Cause I haven't either. And honestly, I do now have two successful accounts. I will say two growing accounts. If I get suspended on one, I could have kind of, I want to say I've beaten them unless they suspend me on both at the same time but like i already have a known presence on the other one that's growing so it's like it's unfortunate to lose either one but it's like i kind of have a foot in the grave i guess yeah um, i've never been suspended but i was very like careful like for my first year on twitter when the censorship regime was more potent than it is now like now it's more subtle like it's still there but it's subtler. It's Whereas different. like at first, like I literally had to like, you know, you had to spell the word vaccine wrong if you wanted to talk For about sure. the vaccine. Same, same, yeah. So yeah. like no, we, we don't have to do that anymore, but. It's true. A lot of videos or even like videos. Yeah, there was even still some of the throttling then I feel like, but yeah, things would, it was very, you had to be very careful. I still feel like though, the things people get censored, like the thing like Basil got like suspended for or Amy Therese, like these people being suspended for like just the gayest shit. And it's like, I fuck all this like freedom of speech reach all this like awful awful it's well yeah and also they're like lulling people into a false sense of security and that it's not happening anymore when it blatantly is there's so you know, there's so much mis- misdirection they've got like people quote unquote right-wing people quote unquote freedom oriented people who believe that the censorship regime is gone still because they're in this lane there is so much segmentation i told this to low iq moron because i think we were in the same ghetto we, i was put i was putting low iq moron's jewish ghetto with him we were put in this and it was like we saw each other's tweets but i feel like everybody else didn't see ours and like it would be so many times where like i was like you did my only like because it was like this weird thing where i was like i could tell you can tell with the view count it's like I don't know what really goes going on with it, but it's like reasonably a good barometer. And it's like, oh, these tweets are like censored. You can just tell like only 70 people saw this. Like that's I've not- noticed it on certain tweets. Like there have been ones, especially where like I included a Substack link. I don't have a Substack, but it was Substack like if I included things. someone else's yeah. Substack link or like even certain retweets of mine, like I do notice that they just get way less engagement than my other tweets. And it feels like there's no rhyme or reason. And I don't care, like it's not like an ego thing, but I have just noticed a pattern in like certain tweets Mm -hmm. do get a lot less engagement. And then some other tweet will get like a ton. And I mean, it's the same, like I've noticed that like a lot of my tweets that have gone viral are ones that I never intended to like that I just randomly fired off but it was because they fit some sort of thing that benefited the algorithm so it's like I used like some buzzword in that tweet that benefited the algorithm or I had like quote tweeted something that you know benefited the algorithm Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden like that happened with like my fucking stupid Barbie tweet that I got like 200,000 likes on in escape containment 
yeah, if I was fucking monetized, I would have made bank on that bitch. But it's like, bank. but you know, like, but like every time it's something like that where I'm like, okay, the only reason that this got so much traction was because of some insidious algorithmic thing. It's not because it was my best tweet or anything like that. Exactly. No, there's a piece. Well, first of all, I said you could be making bank. You could be making Twitter bank. That's not real money. There is so cheap. I've seen these payouts. It's like Ian Michael Chong or whatever that fucking retard's name is. Like people are not making tons of money. Like, no. We, and at the end of the day, it's like, okay, so why are you, why are you sacrificing your principles to make like 20 bucks? It's like fucking, you guys deserve more than that. Seriously. Like that is, it's slave labor. I forgot. We should we should wrap up anyway. I'd like to, <laughs> but like, um, I had like we didn't even get to talk about body trauma or cognitive dissonance. We'll have to save that for another time. Okay, but me and Oso block. May do a little call-in show on Twitter soon. Like different topics, different types of. Well, I'll, I'll happily call in. I love Oso. But guest speakers, call callers. So yeah, I feel like he's like he's like a real radio person. You know. Yeah, I feel like you guys would have a great show. I loved your episode with him. I do. I love that guy. I love. Shout out to you, Also. We love you. Is it Also? Am I saying his name? I'm I know. Is it Also or Oso? I don't know. I don't know. Like, anyway, it doesn't really matter. It's I. I we mean, love you either way. I name everybody, as many of my uh, guests will know, and and love. I, I give everybody my own special cool house name, and that's. Just I hate like, when people correct my pronunciation on things. This is like a separate side tab, but it's like this is the way that I read it in my mind, and like shouldn't that be enough? I get it when it's someone's name, but like no, I don't no, know, no, like when it's like words, and then no. like you know people will constantly correct me on words, and I'm like sorry that I'm more well read than you, bitch. Like. <laughs> no, but I for. But for real though, I always say this, my name is for other people. So whatever works for you to call me works for me because I don't need to, I, I don't, you don't need to know what I call myself. That's my personal name. I we can apply the reader response theory. It's, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Cassandra, this has been, uh, this has been a lot of fun. I feel like we, we did do it. Um, where can people find you? So stupid. Everyone knows where to find you. What, where, what should people know about you in terms of where can people find you? <laughs> you, the only place to find me is on Twitter slash x.com and you can find me at truth underscore enjoyer if anyone is listening to this who doesn't already follow me <laughs> I feel like it could be you know actually we're growing we're growing every day and I think uh, but only really thanks to kind support my my big my bigger friends and daughters such as uh, truth <laughs> I think 2024 my prediction is that the world's I think the world's gonna get interesting timelines will converge and who knows maybe it won't be the only place to find truth and joy in 24 maybe things will be happening who knows we'll you see know? enhance uh, the trance trust enhance the, the fucking trance people enhance <laughs> the trance or else they're gonna psyop you you've got to have your own trance mm-hmm. learn to do it 